Welcome to the Beastify Podcast. We're your hosts. I'm Chris Hopper. And I'm Dan Harrison. This is a show dedicated to inspiring you to treat your body and mind the way it should be treated. In this episode of the Beastify Podcast, we talk to Earl LaCour, founder of MoveNet. He joins us to talk about natural movement. Erwin believes that movement is our nature and it is actually natural movement that suits us best. If you're not familiar with Erwin, please check out his video in the show notes. The workout the world forgot. It's so inspiring. Natural movement is the most important aspect of his philosophy. An animal will lose health and fertility when it is not allowed to move. The effective solution that Erwin Lee Corp proposes is that natural and healthy movement that applies to real life. Erwin wants this movement to be more than just an exercise routine, but a system that is life-affirming reality. We think you're going to love this episode. Get ready to be inspired to move. Welcome to the Beastified Podcast. It's an absolute pleasure to have you here, Erwin. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, guys, for having me. Yeah, it certainly is, Erwin. Um, the first thing we'd just like to ask you is, at the start of everyone's journey, there is a moment where you decide you're really going to be on a new path. If we could go right back to the start of your journey and find out, how did you begin your journey into movement? My journey into movement starts like anyone else. We are human animals and it's in our evolutionary program or instinct to to start moving from an early age and to move naturally. We start moving naturally before we start moving in, in ways that are either conventional or um, creative or um, traditional or you know so that's what we do and we all do that this being said luckily my my dad used to often take me with him in the woods uh, we lived by the woods and uh, it was like a, a forest with hills and large boulders and so we would climb trees and jump from rock to rock and he would encourage me to do that very early on and then it became my favorite uh, hobby, favorite thing to do, to just have fun. So I guess I grew up moving naturally a lot in nature. Later on I also took on a few specialized sports and I learned from them and ultimately I decided that um, I was going to bring back a modern version of some of the ancient physical education systems that that were employed in um, in the in Europe in the history of physical education in Europe and that's when I decided to create MoveNet. Erwin, we understand that you are someone who has a strong philosophy about movement we feel that's essential that everyone should ha- live with a set of principles and guidance in their life. What are the main principles that you live by? The principle, I live by the principle of energy, the principle of love, the principle of gratitude, the principle of um, self-improvement. Yeah, you know, it, it is easy to uh, to become a little lost with the number of things that we set ourselves to do, a certain number of goals, and then we often establish ourselves within routines that never change. 
Yeah. That's create limitations in our life. So a lot of people live their life in relation to what they want to do or what they want to have. And personally, my principle is to live according to who I choose to be. Yeah. And uh, when I talk about energy, it's because basically everything is energy. Um, your mental state, it's a certain level of energy. Your, your physical state is a certain level of energy. What you eat is a certain input uh, in energy, and uh, how you think is a certain output and input in energy. So we're made of energy. We can learn to practice it at higher levels to better manage these levels. And uh, when you learn that, then instead of losing a lot of energy all the time, then you learn to build it up. Yeah, that is so true. Uh, that is so true. Oh, um, if we just ask, um, we think it's not about being the best mover. Like, there's nothing important about that. It's just about moving. Could you address the importance of the mind in relation to the response of the body, please? The mind is essential to movement, but especially when it comes to efficient, adaptable movement. Yeah. In any case, even when you are focused on, say, some, some aspect of how you want your body to look like, I claim that this is still a mental approach to your body, because in the end, it's about the size, um, you know, depending on on what your body looks like. So if your body looks good, you're mentally satisfied. If it doesn't look good, then you're mentally frustrated. Well, guess what? It's not about the body. It's about the mind. Um, yeah. when, you, when you move, when you base your... Um, at least when you have movement as part of your lifestyle. And by movement, I, I want to talk about, of course, natural movement, but that can be dance, that can be yoga, that can be any type of, of movement. It's, you know... Yeah. It's, Practicing the movements of your body, that these movements are practical and adaptable, or that they are just purely creative or or purely traditional, it doesn't it doesn't matter. You choose. You, you know, you pick whatever makes you happy, or you blend all of those. Um, but really, I think that it is about clearing the mind, making the mind happy, making the mind strong, making the mind resilient more than just the body. So when you practice your body, it, it, it is beneficial to your mind. And the same way, when you decide mentally to, to practice your body, then it's, it's going to be beneficial to your, to your body. There's that interaction. Personally, yeah. I, I like to say that moving naturally in nature is, is a physical experience of my spirit. And it's a spiritual experience of my body. Yeah, that, that's so powerful, that. So, Erwin, when we see your videos, it doesn't seem like there's no limit to what you can do. Do you feel any limitation in your movement, or do you feel like you're adaptable in every situation? I am obviously uh, limited, like anybody else, because I'm limited by, limited by the, uh, the natural limits in terms of biomechanics or kinematics of the human body. I have a human body like anybody else, so if I want to soar and fly, I can't do that. I'm going to crash down the the cliff. 
right? So that's yeah. a limit. My mind would love to be able to fly, but my body can't. That's a limitation. That's a physical limitation. Um, so when you hear, you know, it's mind of a matter, well, it is sometimes very true. Yeah. <laughs> you can't achieve anything that physically that you cannot form and um, believe in mentally. So it's it's very easy to create self-limitations uh, for yourself. And these self-limitations are, are mental before they become physical. But this being said, sometimes mind of a matter is plain delusional. right? Sometimes it doesn't matter how much you believe in something that you could do. You, you have to remember that your body won't be able to do it, either because there's just a physical limitation that you will, will never be able to overcome and nobody else will, such as, for instance, flying, you know, uh, jumping um, 30 yards, 30 yards distance. This is strictly impossible. Um, yeah. You know, at least at horizontal level. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, so th these limitations exist, um, and uh, you have to you have to work around them. What you need to do is to be able to reach a level of of mastery of your body, or at least competency with and about your body that gets very close to your natural physical limits. Does that make sense? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, so, so if, for instance, um, it's hard for you to just pull up, you know, hanging from a, a tree branch, uh, then obviously you will not be able to do what's called a muscle up, which is to actually climb on top of the the tree branch by explosively pulling yourself up. Yeah. But um, if you say, okay, well, uh, I don't have enough strength, then You'll never be able to pull up and you'll never be able to do a, a muscle-up because you said a, a mental limitations, whereas if you were to train, your body ultimately will be able to do both, the pull-up and the muscle-up. But this being said, if you say, well, I'm unlimited, not only I'm going to to pull up, but then after I pull up, I'm going to just like throw myself up in the air 10 yards upward. Well, that's strictly physically impossible. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, mind of a matter, mind of the body, yes, to the closest extent you can, closest extent to what your body can physically uh, achieve. Yeah, yeah, See? definitely. It's, it's, about, it's a blend of being realistic. It's, it's about being as realistic as possible and, uh, and avoid delusions. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, when, um, I think, why lift heavy weights? if you cannot move your body. So, what do you think is the importance of natural movement versus standard gym movements? <clears throat> what? Where are standard gym movements? Well, I well, say uh, like bicep curls and conventional machines. Right, exactly. So, so, muscles. I was going to provide that answer. Um, conventional <laughs> conventional uh, fitness movements usually are done with machines. This is very important. Machines do not let you free to move. They actually dictate your movement. They shape it. And by shaping it, they also restrict it and they shrink it and they modify it. They falsify your movement. So the movements you do 
sitting strapped uh, on a machine with a machine are they are artificial movements. They are they are natural. They barely adapt to uh, to natural human biomechanics. And that this is very very important to understand. You are trying to isolate muscles as if they were supposed to work in isolation, but they're not. So true. You are supposed to work and to move as a whole body, as a whole unit, um, like symphony. So it's a, it's a phenomenal difference. When you move naturally, uh, your whole body moves. Um, you are usually standing on your feet or at least feet and, and or on your back, crawling on your back. Well, you use so many areas of your body. Yeah. And what is very important is that the freedom of movement when it comes to natural movement does not lie in being creative in the sense of, well, you know, like doing tricks or, you know, freestyle movements that look good or silly or, or just, you know, stylish. Yeah. Creativity is about working, you know, interacting with the environment in the most efficient way, in the most adaptable way. Sometimes the the environment gives you no other option but one movement. There's only one movement you can do to, say, pass a certain obstacle. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it gives you plenty of opportunities, plenty of plenty of ways. And so you have to choose, you have to adapt. Yeah, that's that's the freedom of movement that I, that I love. Um, yeah, definitely. Yeah. It's that freedom to interact, to adapt as efficiently as possible with a natural environment or just a physical environment. Yeah, definitely. Erwin, I feel that everything you do in your day-to-day life really matters, from the way you sit, the way you stand, the way you walk, even the way you hold yourself. I think that more people really need to be more aware of these things. Could you tell us the difference between natural versus efficient? Natural versus efficient. Yeah. They are, um, they are, uh, they are not the same exactly. They're not exactly the same. They are complementary, but they can be associated or dissociated. So, a natural movement, or what I call natural movement, is the overall practice of the movements that human animals normally do in nature. So if we were to take uh, the example of another animal, like a, say a, a black puma, a black panther, in the jungle, well, uh, they're not going to uh, swim like the dolphin. They may swim, but they will swim the way panthers can swim, and they will climb the trees, and they will jump up and down or over obstacles, and then they will walk or crawl or sprint there's a number of movement patterns like that that are exactly the way black panthers need to move in order to not only survive, but to thrive in their natural environment. So yeah. if we were to try to, to train a black panther uh, and say, hey, we're going to, you know, we use machines in a gym to give the panther power, and we're going to put them on an elliptical so that they can get cardio, it wouldn't, wouldn't make any sense. That would, that would sound absurd. It would be hilarious. The question <laughs> is, why is it that it's acceptable when it comes to humans? 
Uh, yeah, it's true. Why is it that we cannot just develop ourselves uh, in, in the physical ways in, in the most effective and the most optimal manner by simply moving the way nature, um, the, the way we, we used to move in nature for survival? So that is moving naturally. So to the human being, it, it means you know walking, crawling, jumping, balancing, etc. And there are, for all of these different skills, there are a variety of movement patterns. There's not just one way to jump or one way to climb or one way to balance. There are multiple ways. So that is moving naturally. This being said, anybody, any human beings can move naturally to a certain extent, at least. So, not everybody can jump very skillfully or over, uh, you know, very challenging obstacles, but anybody can jump one foot forward on the flat ground, right? So, the people who are the most trained become the most um, prepared and strong and powerful and coordinated. They become skillful. They become efficient. So you can move naturally, but inefficiently, and you can move naturally and efficiently. This is what MoveNet teaches. It teaches you not to move naturally, but to move efficiently with your natural movement. That's what we teach. Wow, that's brilliant. That's, that's completely different than natural gyms, and it's all about natural movement and who you are. Incredible. Well, look, <laughs> you could put somebody on a, on a bike, uh, we can't really say that, say you know, like a road bike. Um, we can't really say that this this movement is is natural because we would we would never move our legs like that. This is not this is not running. Running is yeah. a different way to move your leg. So uh, the, the 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 position, the 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 place, the the. The device where you do the movement is artificial, and it shapes the movement itself in in ways that are you know, you you are going to do the movement with your natural body, but it doesn't mean that the movement itself is natural because you would never do anything like that in nature, yeah. um, or exactly or strictly the same. Uh, the, this being said, uh, you can learn to become highly efficient at doing this somewhat artificial movement. Right. Mm-hmm. So the the opposite is also true. You can move naturally and inefficiently, and you can move somewhat unnaturally but efficiently, and the other way around. Yeah. So, Owen, um, I think when people who focus on training in a conventional sense, such as a gym, where their sole focus is how their body looks, they never really find true happiness. They're always wanting their body to look better. So, Erwin, by changing your environment from a gym to nature, what do you feel this is doing for your physical and mental state? Well, um, changing your environment is is obviously um, a potent way to change your 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 experience. So, if you if you let somebody somebody in a in a fully equipped gym, but it's equipped with machines. What they're gonna do, you know, they're gonna do uh, upper body workout, lower body workout, biceps curls, and things like that, bench press, and some cardio and things like that. Most of the time, sitting. And these movements, 
Most movements are isolate based on isolation. You count repetitions on on, on each side, or you just count repetitions, and uh, you interact with that machine. But that interaction is not creative or adaptable. You just do follow the pattern, artificial pattern that the machines imposes on you. So true, right? Uh, so it's it's like a dictatorship. You're not moving like a human. You're moving uh, like a machine. Yeah. So if we change that environment, which is supposed to be the ideal, the perfect fitness environment, which is absurd. It's not ideal. It's not perfect. It's actually far from... It's it's horrible. Yeah, it is. Uh, but, but, but people don't see it because the perception that they learn from from society, from the fitness industries, that it is actually great to do that. That's Definitely. the way to exercise. That's the way to, to get fit. Yeah. So you, you remove an environment and you place people either indoors or outdoors in nature, but you have surfaces where you are free to move on the surfaces, vertical poles, horizontal beams or inclined and boxes or rocks and depending if you're you know doing some uh, some natural movement in an indoors environment that is fit for it that's equipped for it or if you just uh, find a natural environment that offers multiple natural possibilities such as you know large tree branches and rocks and boulders and things like that mm-hmm. so if you are still sufficiently in touch with your body and its natural movement patterns, then what you're going to start doing is uh, running, crawling, jumping, balancing, climbing, etc., etc. Maybe lift and carry things or throw and catch stuff. That's what you're going to do. Yeah. But, okay, let, let, let me finish. Just because you change the environment does not mean that you're going to change the behavior. It means that if you put me in a global gym, I'm not going to start exercising with the machines. Yeah, I might just climb over the machines and jump off of them. Um, you know, <laughs> move them around and, and do whatever I want. I will not utilize these these equipments the way they're supposed to be utilized. Because again, my, I have that strong feeling that it's more like the equipment is utilizing utilizing you uh, rather than the opposite. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you take uh, people who are used to exercise in those gyms and you take them in nature. I wouldn't be surprised that they don't even know what to do. Or maybe yeah, they will start picking rocks so that biceps grows. <laughs> right? So just because you change the behavior doesn't, or actually the, the environment does not necessarily guarantee that you are going to change and improve the behavior. Mm-hmm. To improve the behavior, you need a certain perception. So... For instance, if I explain to you why it is good to move naturally and ideally to move naturally in nature, and if it makes sense to you, then I have changed your perception. Say if normally you you were to exercise in a gym, I have changed your perception. If you agree agree with that perception and embrace it, then you want to seek both the behavior and the environment where that, that perception will, will be uh, uh, happy, will be uh, expressed, correct? 
Now, if, uh, somebody, if somebody has the perception that they need their body to be big, big muscles, yeah, uh, yeah, big chest, big, big shoulders, big biceps and triceps, good. I need to look good. Then, okay, that's your perception. Well, then, you know what? You're not going to seek a natural environment where you can move and climb and jump. No, you're going to seek a global gym where you can go and isolate your muscles and grow them big. Mm-hmm. Period. So... Uh, change the perception first is the most important. Then change the behavior and then change the environment. Yeah, definitely. So, Erwin, when you move, how does your mind feel? Does it feel like a form of meditation for you? It is because it's because of mindfulness. It's because of the mind-body connection, uh, mind-body environment connection. Um, so, if you are again, and it's good to do comparisons, but uh, usually, if you are going to do uh, muscle isolation drills with machines, some people are so into it that they will, will be actually very mindful about how their their body feels, how their uh, position is, how they you know how their muscles work. But to most people who actually exercise that way, they actually usually don't really pay attention because it, it feels like it's a chore something they have to to do for the sake of looking big or looking good. Um, But they're not mindful. Usually they're mindless. They think about something else. They listen or watch something to distract themselves from what they're doing. So there's that disconnect between their mind and their body. They want to be somewhere else. They want to do something else. It's a chore. Normally on on the mobile phones. I know, and it's, I, I, I reckon this is a, a generality, but it's a very, uh, it's very general, it's very frequent. Yeah. It's an observation, not a judgment. Um, but when you move naturally, it means that you are engaging with an environment. Yeah. When you balance, you're not doing a balancing drill of some sort on the, on the flat floor. You are balancing on a narrow maybe rounded, maybe uh, slippery, maybe unstable surface. That's where you do your balancing movement. You cannot afford to think of something else, to look somewhere else, to be distracted. You have to be highly mindful. Yeah. So mind-body connection is, is potent, is very useful, very I mean beneficial. But you can be mindful doing a very simple movement such as a yoga pause with zero interaction with a complex environment. What I support, what I, uh, what I believe is that when you actually move naturally, means adaptable in adaptable ways with a given environment, you need to connect the mind to the body and connect the mind and body to the environment. Now, this requires higher levels of awareness and mindfulness. Yeah. yeah. And when we, I think we all know our, our body is this incredible machine and that if taken care of it, will thrive and reward you in so many ways. So, Erwin, if you could only do five things in your day to improve your energy or improve your life, what would you do and why? Uh, if if it was something that I would recommend to somebody, and for you personally, like what would make you happy? What would make you have more energy and improve your life? I already have all of that. Ah, uh-huh. <laughs> great. 
<laughs> Beautiful family, uh, very healthy family, and uh, we spend a lot of time together and uh, have children, and and they're the joy of my life, and uh, have some time to uh, to practice my movements, and I have uh, my my work, who is not a, a it's not a stress, it's not a chore, it's something I love to do, it's an expression of who I am, I mean, what else? Um, yeah. Right? It's all you need really, isn't it? Yeah. The love that you have for everything. Right. Uh, the, the, the ultimate luxury is, is certainly not to get anything that you want, uh, or to have nothing to do. Is It is, you know, the ultimate luxury is one to know who you are and to express who you are and uh, and with love with satisfaction with people that love you and that you love to re-enjoy what you do um, because it's an expression of who you are well if you can have that in your life then you have everything you are living creatively you are living with a level of freedom that few people actually ex- get to experience because people, generally speaking, so many try to have certain things. In order to have certain things, they have to force themselves to do things that they don't like and things that are not who they are. Right? Yeah. So choose who, who, choose who you want to be so that you know what you have to do in relation to who you are. And then you have... What you'll have will be the result. It's it's in that order. It's similar to perception, behavior, and environment. That was that was very powerful. Perception is who you are, is who you choose to be. Behavior is what you do, and the environment is what you have. This is what's you know in what's going to surround you, the place where you're going to live, the, the, the your belongings, you know your physical external circumstances. Yeah, you're being true to yourself in that in that area of your life, then, aren't you? You are true to yourself if you if you know who you are, and you know who you are if you also learn to choose who you want to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I feel that from a very young age in society, many people are led down this path that they need to be like a specialist in a certain area or sport to succeed. I think that more people need to prioritize movement to benefit their health, to enable them to move more freely more efficient and give themselves this better understanding of their own body. What's your view on being a specialist versus someone who is more diverse? Um, really, you know, spe- specialization is, is obviously it's a choice. Uh, it's a choice that's only possible in, in, a, in a modern lifestyle. The same way, uh, in a modern lifestyle, you can choose to, you can see movement as an option. So it looks like you're able to choose if you're gonna move your body or not move your body, if you're gonna eat healthy or not healthy. Um, if you're gonna live healthy and not he- or not healthy. In a natural environment, none of those aspects are choices. If you're not healthy, then you, you don't last. In today's society, if you're not healthy, you may last. Um, in a natural environment, um, tribal environment, sometimes, you know, there are, some people are, are specialists. The shaman is a specialist. 
some are specialists in building or you know manufacturing specific weapons or tools or garments, etc., etc. When it comes to movement, um, the body is not supposed to specialize. It's a little like asking a um, a monkey um, to only jump but never climb, mm-hmm. right? Um, it, it would be it would be artificial, and there is no no doubt that the the, the health of the monkey would suffer. So that's my view. I don't think that from a, a natural evolutionary standpoint that specialization in terms of movement, you know, sports, well, or movement through specialized sports mm-hmm. is, is healthy. I think that some specialization is okay but you do need to maintain a foundation, develop and then maintain a foundation of overall natural movement competency. You don't want to be just a runner who only runs. You also want to do some, you know, be able to climb and jump and balance and crawl and lift heavy things. Or you don't want to be just somebody who lifts heavy things. You want to be able to also be able to run over a distance or, or climb or balance and jump. So, it, and to do that with uh, enough efficiency and enough competency. So mm-hmm. that's that's a natural, um, that's from a natural physiological evolutionary perspective. Now, from a lifestyle perspective, in the end, uh, people do what they want. And if somebody is just extremely uh, happy and satisfied being a rock climber or uh, a marathon runner or tennis player, whichever sports, whichever movement you choose, this is what matters. Does it make you happy? Does it keep yeah. did, Does it keep you healthy enough? You know, what is the satisfaction you get from it? So there is, you know, there is two aspects of, of that answer. One is the universal, um, natural, evolutionary aspects of of health of what's good for uh, the human animal. And then there is the modern aspect of it, which is, you know, in the end, it's, it's your free choice. And, uh, and if it makes you happy, then, then it's great. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Yeah. So, Owen, um, there's many people in today's society that say stuff like, I have bad back pain, I've got pains, and I cannot do this, and I can't do that. And then eventually, they just don't move at all. So, what do you say to these people? Here's the question. Do you need to be fit to move, or do you need to move to be fit? Yeah, that is really powerful. So straight away, a question about it. Brilliant. Know, people say, hey, I can't move because I'm not fit enough. Well, you're not fit enough because you never move. So, start moving so that you can reclaim your your health and fitness. Now, usually when people uh, decide that they they have to be fit again, and they are going to exercise and do movement and stuff, they usually tend to brutalize themselves because they expect fast results. They want to transform their body in a matter of weeks. And this is very, very... Problematic because you cannot reverse 
the adverse effects on your body of years, many years, sometimes decades of physical neglect in a matter of weeks. Yeah. What, what took you two years to lose, it will take you maybe not years to regain, but certainly not just weeks. So um, it's very important to understand um, to you know make sure to be patient. Oh yeah, definitely. Time and to see uh, this physical rehabilitation process as a long-term process, because it's not not even just about restoring, uh, say, health and fitness that you've lost. In many cases today, it's about developing it in the first place. Means that, let's say you're you're a child from a, an older generation. You would grow up with no TV, no video games, no internet, um, and you would be uh, growing up climbing trees and running in the fields, and basically you would grow up doing a lot of natural movement in 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 nature or in the countryside and grow up strong that way. Um, if during your life, you're going to be more sedentary, then at some point you may decide to restore that that physical uh, abilities that you once had. But today, we have generations of, you know, millions of people who've never developed their body in the first place. They're not, they don't even have to restore their, like a lost physical competency. They need to develop it and build it in the first place as uh, grown-ups because they never did when they were kids. It, it's that bad. Yeah, when, when I was younger, I was so lost. I thought that I was so fit just because my body looked good. However, I was so wrong. And it's only now I've had to retrain my body with like simple movement patterns. And it's only now after three years of correcting this, I'm getting more where I want to be. So Erwin, to bring this to an end, I just want to say that we really want to empower people to treat their body and mind right. So many of us go through the process of thinking that they need to change their life, change their health, but they just give up before they've even really started. Erwin, what would you say to that person who is at that stage and what advice would you give them? Listen, um, everything in this society, in this modern world that's so so commercial, uh, so uh, in a lot of entertainment, a lot of conveniences, this, this lifestyle, this modern lifestyle and environment is so artificial, so toxic, and let you gives you the choice to be lazy, to be ignorant, to self-neglect, and that's the truth. Uh, it's 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 like a voluntary self disempowerment that happens every day in millions of people because they abandon the body. They their body become a lien to themselves. So it's it looks like it's almost unsurmountable because when people think of hey you know I need to change this usually. Um, so there are so many obstacles. One is that they think that they need to just change the way their body looks, not how their body moves, performs, and feels. And then uh, there is that confusion because there are so many fitness programs out there and they don't know which one to choose. So, yeah. you know, it all, choosing a, a program is can be very confusing 
because, you know, am I going to lift weights or should I do cardio? Should I do yoga? Should I do Zumba? Should I do table? Should I, do, you know, what should I do? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, and then you have the environment that is not necessarily supportive because uh, maybe your family, uh, your colleagues, uh, not only they don't care, but they will even make fun of you for trying to do something about the situation because themselves don't do anything about it. They will only criticize you. Um, my advice is to... Before you, you think in terms of what you need to do and where and what, really spend time on who you choose to be. That yeah. perception I've talking about. Because as long as that choice has not been made and that perception has not be, been built very strongly, then you will just end up trying to force yourself to do something like a chore and very very soon you might quit because it's just boring and because you still don't see yourself really as that fit or fitter person that you sometimes hope that you are. But if you really build that perception of seeing yourself as healthy, not only looking fit, but being fit in the sense of being able to do real movements, practical movements, so that it's meaningful because it's useful, it's practical. You can help a lot. You can help somebody. You can you can be physically helpful to yourself and others with that kind of training, as opposed to be physically helpless. You know, today we have millions of people, millions of people who just can't really operate their body in in practical ways when it when it gets tough they can't they wouldn't be able to run they wouldn't be able to uh lift and carry something that's even half their own weight um they wouldn't be able to climb anything and they would be in a state of panic out of breath super slow super clumsy and here's the big problem is that they are not even embarrassed about it. And, uh, it's okay to be physically inept. Mm -hmm. That's a big problem. So work on your perception. Choose to be that healthy looking, but also and, and a fit looking, but most importantly, fit being physically competent, physically able, physically capable. And when you have formed that vision of yourself, that perception of yourself very strongly in your own mind, then doing what it takes to, to get there and stay there will be easier and will be more sustainable. It will last longer. Because that's not just something you force yourself to do anymore. It is your practice, your training, your exercise, whatever you call it, is an expression of who you've chosen to be. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Erwin, that's, well, that's absolutely brilliant. Yeah, and that, that was so empowering. Erwin, on this note, um, where can people find you and what are you currently working on? Well, they can find me in, um, in, you know, in my house at Santa Fe, in Santa Fe, New Mexico, in the USA. <laughs> uh, otherwise, they, uh, uh, you know, they either go to movenat.com, it spells M-O-V-N-A-T.com, to find about our workshops, certifications, and 
there is also a, a group uh, called the 6060 um, challenge on Facebook. It's about 60 days with 60 minutes of movement every day for 60 days. And we have almost 4,000 people in that online group wow. that you know support each other. We have also on YouTube uh, a lot of um, videos of samples are you know showing a variety of movements that you can do as part of your challenge. Um, yeah, that's that's a good start. You know, try to find a local certified trainer. Train with um, we have also more gyms who start to offer that kind of classes. Um, we'll, we'll, also, we'll link all the show notes in the show notes as well yeah absolutely and then you, you, there's going to be uh, your podcast and uh, if you uh, google my name then you might also find a variety of articles uh, like interviews that I've done in the past that also can give you more insights into this philosophy Erwin thank you so much for being an incredible guest on the Beastify podcast I'm sure that you've touched many people's lives today, including ourselves. Yeah. And we'd just like to say a big thank you again and would love to have you back on in the future. Thanks again so much, Owen. Thank you for your time. Well, thank, thank you very much to all of you guys. Thank you. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to the show. Hope you enjoyed this episode. If you enjoyed it, please leave us a review on iTunes as it really helps the show. And don't forget to head over to the show notes at beastified.com Hey everyone, and check out our weekly challenge set by the guests themselves, and also don't forget to check out the bonus questions we ask the guests after the show. In the meantime, stay healthy.